Hello and welcome to the Palladian Energy Podcast, a podcast series for energy professionals featuring short, insightful interviews with experts who can shed light on topics that matter to you and your business. We cover issues relevant to the upstream, midstream and downstream sectors. I'm your host, Callum O'Reilly, and here we bring you a special bonus episode of the podcast. As a special thank you for listening, we'd like to offer you a free trial subscription to Hydrocarbon Engineering Magazine, the leading publication for the global refining, gas processing and petrochemical industry. Each issue is packed full of detailed technical articles, case studies and regional reports from around the world. Visit hydrocarbonengineering.com magazine to get your free copy today. For this episode, the Palladian Energy Podcast and the Hydrocarbon Engineering team are on the road for a special GasTech edition of the podcast. GasTech is one of the world's largest venues for natural gas, LNG, hydrogen, low-carbon solutions, and climate technologies. During the show in Singapore, I'm catching up with Jenta Quintens, Owens Corning Belgium, and Brandon Stambar, Owens Corning USA, to talk about insulating in the extreme. So welcome, Yenta and Brandon, and thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk to us today. How are you both? Hi, Callum. Doing well, doing well. Very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm doing uh, also doing very well. I'm glad to see Yenta and the team here in uh, Singapore uh, this week. Should be a pretty good show. Okay, brilliant. Thank you both. So before we get started, can you briefly introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your current roles at Owens Corning? So my name is Jan de Quintens, uh, born and raised in Belgium, and I'm the EMEA marketing manager for our phoneless brand at Owens Corning. Yeah, and I'm Brandon Stamba. I'm the director for technical services for Owens Corning's uh, technical insulation business. Um, I've been in the insulation business for about 27 years uh, with various engineering and technical roles. Great. Thank you both for that. So the vast scope and scale of the energy sector is certainly reflected in the size of the GasTech event this week. How is Owens Corning focusing its message here at the show? Owens Corning is focusing on three key areas at GasTech. So first, we're demonstrating strategies for managing processing installations across an extreme temperature range. So for piping and equipment operating at cryogenic cold temperatures, as well as extremely hot. Then, uh, as LNG terminal construction expansions remain robust, both in North America as well as in Europe, uh, we're also sharing strategies to support passive fire safety uh, and risks associated with jet fire and hydrocarbon pool fires. And then lastly, I mean, as concerns about climate change keep growing and driving companies to invest in reducing their carbon footprints, uh, we'll also be highlighting how insulation can contribute to reducing energy losses uh, and does emissions, uh, and also uh, strategies for tackling insulation design challenges at commercial scale carbon capture and storage facilities. Okay, so I'd like to explore all three of these key areas that you mentioned, Yenta, during our discussion today. So to start us off, let's talk about extreme temperature range. What thermal challenges do energy process pipes and equipment pose, 
and how do you tackle these challenges? Uh, yeah, Callum, both location of the facility and the processes present thermal considerations. Um, when you look at LNG facilities, uh, they're often located in uh, extremely hot or extremely humid climates. Think, uh, you know, plus 32C, uh, plus uh, 90% relative humidity. Um, these are places like the Gulf Coast, of the United States, uh, Southeast Asia, or other equatorial areas. Um, you know, the primary LNG process temperature is about minus 161C. Um, so you, you can see in these conditions, you have a extreme vapor drive towards a cold pipe. Um, if this potential for, you know, vapor drive is not adequately addressed with the proper design and installation of the system, um, this insulation itself of the system becomes saturated with liquid uh, or frozen water, and that will cause it to fail prematurely. And it really only takes a small amount of moisture to render, render the insulation system uh, you know, performance poor. Um, we found the best approach to, to addressing these situations, design a system uh, with insulation material that is in and of itself um, impervious to moisture. Um, that way you're not relying on a vapor barrier, jacketing, or foil, you know, as the sole means of moisture protection. Uh, the insulation essentially is a vapor barrier too. So as you noted, LNG facilities process and store a lot of cryogenic applications. So can you give us an example of an LNG facility that uses insulation to protect against corrosion risk? Yeah, Cal, and this is a really interesting uh, question for a few different reasons. Um, so when you think about an LNG facility, one often doesn't consider or think about CUI risk uh, simply because uh, a lot of the primary process is stainless steel substrates and uh, that are used in the, you know, the cryogenic and uh, piping and equipment. Um, and the operating temperature of the liquefaction process, for example, is in a range that's well below where you'd normally see like a CUI uh, uh, situation occur. Um, however, um, when you consider the broader nature of the LNG facility, there are a number of processes in the metering uh, process, removal of you know sort of contaminant situations, uh, uh, removal of H2S, CO2, and other heavy hydrocarbons all operate within the temperature range uh, associated with, with CUI. Uh, and there's also, you know, different, uh, different considerations around uh, stress cracking corrosion of stainless steel, which is a special type of corrosion um, where, um, you know, if the process is, the cryogenic process is idled, comes back up to, to the temperature range where CUI uh, can exist, then that also could become a concern. So safety is something that we regularly focus on in the podcast, as it's always a top priority at any energy facility. So can you talk about the role of passive safety in the energy sector? And to begin with, what is the actual definition of passive safety? Sure, Callum. So uh, depending on the type of facility, uh, both active and passive uh, systems are often used to support facility safety. And I'm primarily talking about uh, fire protection situations here. Uh, so active systems are typically those that require an event such as a fire, a spill, or something to occur to be actively deployed. This would be things like extinguishing systems, uh, chemical uh, you know, foaming or, or dry chemical extinguishing systems, water curtains, those sorts of things. Um, Passive systems, on the other hand, are those things that are in place regardless of whether, you know, a spill or a fire has occurred. Um, no action or special mechanism is required to, to activate these passive systems. Um, so they're, they're, they're in place waiting for, for something to happen. So things like uh, intimate decoding, intumescent coatings, um, insulation systems uh, are a couple of examples of where you can see passive fire protection systems. Um, these are typically uh, in place to allow the facility time to evacuate occupants, uh, secure a process or help suppress a fire before uh, it injures or injures people or damages equipment. 
Okay, so I was wondering, how do you approach the design and customization of insulation solutions for different components within a given facility? Yeah, so there's a variety of considerations that go into selecting the uh, proper uh, insulation system for a particular application. Uh, these factors uh, uh, include service temperature range, the environment or the climate in which the system will be operating in, its incompatibility of the uh, system with the with the uh, application that's being that's being insulated. Um, if you just look at the service temperature range, it's important to ask if a material is fit for uh, fit for performance in the in the range it's expected to operate in. Um, if you look at climate, uh, the material should be suited for the temperature, humidity, environment, environmental conditions, uh, such as the a facility in a marine location where conditions for vapor drive are important. I mentioned you know this above in a, in a question about the about the moisture and water vapor uh, issues with vapor drive. Um, and then don't overlook the the uh, compatibility between insulation materials. Uh, you know, in the particular conditions of the application. This is where you get into things like where you're insulating maybe liquid oxygen, uh, where you have a, a, a extensive CUI risk. You have potential for hydrocarbons to, to wick into materials from leaks. Um, you need fire protection or acoustical requirements. All these take some special uh, special considerations when designing the systems. So from a material science perspective, what would you say are the key performance attributes required when selecting a material to insulate energy pipes and storage vessels? Well, Callum, every processing environment is, of course, unique, but some factors should always be considered, uh, such as impermeability to moisture uh, in liquid and in vapor form, uh, non-combustibility, compressive strength, chemical resistance, but also things like project support, uh, assistance with thermal calculations, training on the job site. Those are all factors that also matter when an insulation material is specified. So, Yenta, I want to go back to those performance attributes that you mentioned. How does the composition of foam glass adhere to those? Well, foam glass insulation is an inorganic, closed-tailed, impermeable and incombustible glass material, uh, which can perform across a wide surface temperature range. Uh, its inorganic nature um, makes it also suitable for cryogenic applications below minus 190 degrees C without any risk of uh, explosion by oxidation of the material. Uh, so these are issues that often uh, that we often see in uh, applications such as liquid oxygen applications. It's also a uh, completely closed cell material, meaning it's uh, impermeable to moisture in both liquid and vapor form. And this makes it ideally uh, suitable for uh, below ambient or cryogenic applications, where, of course, the vapor drive can be very extreme. Then, if we combine this with the combustibility and its ability to also not absorb or wick any flammable products, uh, you have an insulation material with a combination of material properties that uh, helps it uh, perform across uh, a wide range of applications. So at the top of the episode, you mentioned that climate change is driving efforts to reduce the carbon footprint of facilities around the globe. And this is a big theme here at GasTech, where there is a specific climate tech zone dedicated to showcasing existing climate technologies that are currently available, as well as new and emerging technologies. And carbon capture and storage is, of course, a big part of this. And I was wondering what role insulation will play in addressing CCS. 
Yeah, this is a great question, Callum. So carbon capture transport and storage projects involve a significant thermal gradient, uh, and therefore they do require insulation system to operate effectively. Um, we've already seen uh, several projects in various stages of design, uh, construction, or operation where cellular glass or other insula insulation materials have been specified. Um, in these applications, the insulation uh, supports uh, process control, uh, condensation control, and pacifier protection. So to finish up our discussion, can you offer some insight into recent trends or innovations in industrial insulation for the LNG industry? Where can listeners learn more about Owens Corning and what the company is doing in the energy sector? Sure, Callum. Um, the two biggest trends we see in the energy industry are an increased focus on overall plant safety, uh, ranging from better pacifier protection to better tackling issues related to corrosion under insulation. And then on the other hand, we also see more focus on improving the energy efficiency of a facility. So this means uh, reducing energy losses and emissions with help of better insulation systems, for example. We also have a, a number of blog posts on these industry challenges that listeners can consult uh, in our insulation solutions suite on our Owens Corning website. Uh, the listeners can visit it at uh, www.owenscorning.com backslash industrial. Great. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules here at GasTech to sit down and talk to us today. As I already mentioned, safety is always a top priority for our listeners, and it was really fascinating to get your insights into the vitally important role that insulation systems play in the LNG sector and beyond. So I wish you both a successful show, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in Singapore. Thanks, Callum. Thanks, Callum. My thanks to Yenta and Brandon at Owens Corning for joining us for this special bonus episode of the podcast and for speaking about a range of different topics, including strategies for managing the extreme temperature range used in energy process piping and equipment, as well as the importance of passive safety systems. Thanks for listening to the Palladian Energy Podcast. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate and review and forward to a colleague or friend. LNG Industry serves as the go-to hub for all those following the latest developments in the LNG sector, providing spotlight interviews, in-depth articles and regional reports. LNG Industry covers the global marketplace. Register to receive a print or digital copy at lngindustry.com.